For fans of Jenny Owen Young's, it's been 10 years since her last album. Of course, Jenny's been busy with her Buffy podcast and a myriad of other things, some of which have inspired the songs to make up her new album, Avalanche. You know, the last, the last proper record that I made, um, full-length studio album, came out in 2012, and I had done kind of like the song and dance that you do when you put out a record, you do the tour and you do some press and all that stuff. And I was kind of just like feeling a little burnt out on um, touring. And that's kind of when I got into songwriting sessions, co-writing with other artists and with other writers for film and TV pitching. And I kind of just really put my focus there and on the Buffy podcast that just kind of took on a life of its own. And those were kind of my main focuses for, some years although like as I kind of kept going and and uh writing more and more songs and expanding my co-writer network I started to like kind of find individuals that I thought like oh I love writing with them and also I think maybe we would we would be a good match to write maybe some music for me at some point and so I started to kind of like pepper in uh sessions that were kind of angled towards my you know artist project yeah. And over time, those songs kind of started to accumulate. And I was, I kind of almost wasn't like really paying attention until all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I have like 30 songs kicking around that, you know, all feel like contenders for like my next sort of like full body of work. Uh, and at that point, you know, I started to kind of like poke them and see like what goes with which and uh, what do they want to be? And started to uh, talk to my manager about like who might be a, a interesting producer to work with, and um, that's when uh, my guy brought Josh Kaufman's name into the mix. Um, Josh Kaufman produced the album, and yep. uh, I was not I was not super familiar with him before this conversation started. But I started listening to that first Bonnie Light Horseman record, and was like, oh my god, this sounds just amazing i'd love to make a record that sounded like anywhere near this good uh and uh josh and i got got on zoom because this this was back in like probably uh either the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021 when we first chatted to to sort of like figure out when might be a good time to get together and record and uh i just loved talking to him right away and i just had a really good feeling so we we booked the album making slot and got together and made the record Yay. <laughs> Yay. That's how I feel. Yay. Yeah. And it's pretty much you and Josh and uh, your drumming buddy there. Uh, what, uh, uh, Matt Barrett. Bat, Matt, yes. So wh- how did you and, – and Josh and you do a, a majority of everything else uh, throughout the record except yeah, for a yeah. few here and there. So how did you work out who was going to do what and and – were you working in a studio together? Was it remote or how, how did yeah, that happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were working uh, together in a studio in Kingston, New York called Isacon. And uh-huh. uh, it's really, it was a really interesting process. I've never made a record like this before. I'm used to, you know, laying down a scratch guitar and a scratch vocal and then like building an arrangement around that and then, you know, going from there um, and doing like layers and layers and layers. But um the way that we the way that we did it is Josh's kind of method is like we just sat facing each other in the studio and I would like play a song for him and then I would play it again and he would kind of like play around you know on electric guitar or maybe play some drums or play a little piano and we'd kind of play it a few times until it felt good and then we would just like 
lay that amount of vocal and instrument instrumentation down maybe like four or five times until we felt like we had a good take and then kind of like build on that kind of building on a live take rather than kind of recording to a click track you know right um and the idea sort of the sonic idea was to keep it within like this very specific world where we like have this collection of instruments that are that combine to be the sound of the record i'm playing a lot of nylon string guitar uh there is a uh, there's a krumar organ and piano and drums and percussion uh some electric guitar a little bit of rubber bridge and a little bit of steel string acoustic and that kind of makes up and there's a yamaha reface organ in there that kind of makes up the majority of the the sonic palette you know um right josh was like <laughs> it was really interesting to make a record with him because he has like he's like you know constructed these these philosophies that are um very like feel very like analog and organic and kind of like live music like uh, capturing a recording is like capturing a live thing you know um it's all it's all about that so like he's all about how can we make it breathe how can we make it feel alive rather than you know striving to make it sound perfect like let's make it sound like people making music you know right and from what i understand he encouraged you to play your guitar and do your vocal simultaneously. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I was not expecting and I wasn't like maybe super prepared for mentally, right. but I was, thank God. Thank God I had, you know, practiced and I knew what I was doing enough to sort of like grab the reins and, you know, say a prayer. Right. Um, yep. but it's definitely not the way, definitely not the way I'm used to working, but I, I'm so happy that that's, that that's the way, uh, he likes to work because it, you know, it felt great. Once, once I, you know, <laughs> once I stopped being terrified, it was really fun. Right. But I mean, uh, so does that affect the vocal performance mm. when you're playing at the same time? I, I mean, it's, I think your, so. Your brain's got to be working in two <laughs> different places, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all the gears are definitely turning simultaneously. And there is like a little bit of a like, oh God, can I do everything with my, hands, mouth, lungs, and brain all at the same time, all just right. But I think the trade-off is I always feel like I get a, you know, a better, more emotional, more immediate performance when I'm doing everything at once. It's just something that I've gotten away from in the recording environment for like, you know, sound separation and purity and and all that stuff for like mixing purposes. And like, oh, if we want to do a remix, then we'll have like all of the clean instrumentation without the vocal in there or whatever. But this record is full of vocal bleed, which I have come to celebrate. That's a spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I see the album opens with the title track. For sure. Which um, uh, you co-wrote with uh, Maddie Diaz. The Uh, Queen. Why is that? Oh, say oh, the queen, Maddie Diaz, queen of songs. Yes. She's so amazing. She's a queen of songs. Awesome. <laughs> That's somebody to have in your corner. Oh, so yeah. why, why did you leave the album off with the title track? What I know is that I'm good. Getting on and getting right back off the hook. Making plans with someone else. the first song we recorded and okay. not intentionally it was just like let's start somewhere might as well be here um 
But once everything was recorded and I was listening back and thinking about the the order and what will the title of the album be, that song really kind of stepped forward. It's got like a little bit of a left of center piano intro thing that felt like a nice kind of like, get ready, here we go. We're about to three, two, one, launch kind of thing. Um, And I thought it was very solemn kind of intro to the album. Yes, a a solemn launch, if you will. (laughs) Uh, You know, set the tone, that kind of thing. And lyrically and sort of like conceptually, the song to me is about, is all about kind of the culmination of, uh, you know, the 10 intervening years between the last record that I made and the sort of like life roller coaster that I have been on since then, you know, um, getting married, getting divorced, falling in love again, getting remarried and somehow maintaining a relationship with my ex-wife so that we could continue to make our Buffy podcast together. Uh, And all of that is, you know, that's like uh, some heavy lifting. And it, there were times when it was really, really difficult and trying. And like, you know, I feel like the song avalanche is really, it is, it exists in that moment. Like when I'm like at the end of a very long tunnel that I wasn't necessarily sure that I, I would get to the end of, and I'm breathing clean air and standing in the sunshine. And then I'm just like, so thankful to have like, gotten to where gotten to that present moment you know of the song and then you know like i feel like that is a big idea that like kind of threads through a lot of the record for me but then also another idea that really threads through the 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 record is is uh you know decimation leveling the land in order to be able to rebuild and i feel like you know what better to capture a leveling than an avalanche Um, exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as soon as I saw the, the name of the song, for some reason, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac kind of came to my mind. Oh, but excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Accidentally planting seeds of uh, great songs in people's minds. Exactly. And the other great song that I, I saw you do a, an acoustic uh, guitar version of it on YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it had a very, when you played your intro on your guitar, it had a very kind of Dear Prudence kind of feel to it. Ooh. Yeah, that, so. is, that is that is like right in my the sort of like my finger picking wheelhouse is that dear okay. prudency Good kind on, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I see Kristen Lee Hudson has uh, co-written a couple of the tunes on the record and he sings a little bit as well on Salt. So what and you've worked together with him before. So yeah, yeah. What keeps bringing you back together? Anybody, anybody worth their salt knows the arrow hurts worse when you pull it back out. Anybody, anybody worth their salt knows the arrow hurts worse when you pull it back out. I mean, I just, I just love him. He's somebody that, you know, in, in the thick of my like extremely hectic, when I was doing the most co-writing, um, we got put together by our shared publisher at the time. And I just like really, really liked him personally. And also he's just such an interesting writer and he's, uh, quarterly kind of all over the place he's very like spidery and like takes the long and winding uh harmonic route which i really appreciate and love uh he is great he actually we just had a i wonder if this would be something that would intersect with you in any way uh awesome. we we just had a song that we wrote with alex Leahy, who uh is a melbourne artist uh come out and we we had written the song she was like it was in the middle of covid 
and she wanted to write a song for this particular newsreader in her area because she was like, this poor woman just has to give us bad news like every day, right. day after day. <laughs> so we wrote this song for this newsreader and then somehow she ended up getting to hear the song before it was released and she ended up the newsreader came on and sang backing vocals on the track uh and i'm like a terrible american because i'm desperately trying to remember her name which would be a very cool thing for me to know off the top of we'll my have to head look it up though that, that's that, that'll be easy to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh just uh so christian me uh your sort of like hemisphere time zone general time zone area there we yep, are all together it's just across the ditch as we like to say here <laughs> Ditch, amazing <laughs> yeah yes and stuff like that happens quite often because well uh, at the same time uh, somebody wrote a song about uh, inspired by our prime minister at the time, uh, Jacinda Ardern. Mm. And then she came, uh, I did an interview with her like this. Uh, the, I think it was Kate LeBon, but I, I could be wrong, but I, I think it was. And then somehow she did a show here and Jacinda ended up at the show in yes. Wellington and on stage with her and everybody was, <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> I love those convergences that like aren't necessarily like the most intuitive like sort of musical convergences when things are weird and like pull together in that way i just love it yep so what can you tell me about everglades the song that you wrote with uh, christian and you did a video for so we can oh look yeah at the video while we're talking about it i know what i said but i was wrong i was wrong a song where you know Christian and I are having a, a poke around the idea of that sort of like there are three versions of any story my version your version and then what really happened and kind of interrogating the like what does it mean what does the truth mean like what does my truth mean uh what's up with all of the sort of gradation and like our the lies that we tell ourselves or the lies that we tell to like try to not hurt someone can an argument be made uh for those lies or are lies just like bad across the board i don't know what do you think <laughs> and it's uh, and that whole thought uh, the idea of there's two versions of the truth and then there's the truth mm -hmm. uh, we follow a lot of the american politics these days and there seems to be a lot of that involved in there too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's Everybody has their own truth yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult to get away from um, sort of like <laughs> anything. I feel like in politics over here anyway, everything is like super hard line. So there really are there's no sort of gradation. <laughs> there's just like you're over yeah. here, you're over here, or you're nowhere. Um, yeah. And I, I see you described your drummer Matt as the saddest drummer. Oh yeah, that was that was Josh's pitch to me. Josh and Matt um, Matt Barrick, who uh, has played in uh, the Walkman, is a member of the Walkman, and has done a, a ton of other stuff. He's a touring member uh -huh. of Fleet Foxes. Uh, Josh was like, "I've got this guy in mind. You know, I realize you might have somebody you want to bring in, but like, there's this guy Matt, and I do a lot with him, and he is just the saddest sounding drummer." even even on like fast song even on bumpers whatever and i was like yes please please bring him in i want the saddest sounding drummer in the world please <laughs> <laughs>
right? <laughs> what is it about sad songs that appeals to you? I remember being like eight years mm. old and the two songs I loved the most that were on the radio at the time in the early 60s were The End of the World by Skeeter Davis and Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. And they were no. like, you know what I mean? It's like, what, what is it that draws people, even people who you think, you know, be the last ones that you'd want to hear that? Well, I mean, I think that we're all pointed towards the grave <laughs> and we're all guaranteed to know great pain before we get there. And I think there's something about sad songs that like alleviates a little bit of the pressure of the pain in our own lives, you know, like mm -hmm. you feel seen by a song um, where you can hear someone in pain. Uh, and somehow that just like takes a, one of the stones off your heart of the many stones <laughs> sitting on your heart. Um, I find like I find I've been thinking a lot, you know, because I have like some shows coming up and I've been thinking about like, oh, these are like some heavy songs. What's what's that going to be like? But I, I think I've come to the conclusion at this point in my life that I just find sad songs very comfortable. <laughs> they just like make me feel like I'm at home, you know, uh, right. it's funny. It's I'm thinking about Puff the Magic Dragon because like I have a nine month old now and I've been si I was like, oh, it'd be cool to sing Puff the Magic Dragon. And I like looked up the lyrics and was like, oh, God. <laughs> I know. This is, it is this is terrible. It is pretty sad. <laughs> and like, and the first song that I can ever remember, like really connecting to, I was probably like eight and I was at home. My parents had a, a record player in the dining room and I, they had put on a uh, revolver and like it got through Eleanor Rigby and I was like, whoa, I gotta, I gotta pull the needle back on that. I gotta, whatever, whatever was going on in my like eight year old mind that I was like, yes, look at all the lonely people I know. I want, I want to hear more about them and more yes. about Eleanor Rigby, please. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, what, what is, uh, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I like my theory that we're all pointed towards the grave and we're all guaranteed to experience great pain before we get there. I think that's pretty solid, but like, you know, I'm also willing to hear other theories about like why why we're so interested in and why we connect so easily uh to those to those dark sad songs. Right. Yeah, there's something about it. Mm. Uh, it's just the emotional pull, I think. It, it, it I it just has such a strong effect on you. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you don't have all the time and the, it's like, ooh. The raw nerve <laughs> in I, the song finds the raw nerve in you and then they have like a little raw nerve right. party together yes now you have a song called set it on fire which i think you described as the dark sister to the title track what, what exactly does that mean there's a darkness looking in like a kind of spiral Avalanche is, is um, coming out the other end, you know, 
uh, right. still in one piece and set it on fire is kind of a song that is concerned with taking the first step into that tunnel and, you know, making the decision to sort of like make a big change that will be painful, <laughs> you know, committing to that pain because you know, it's for the greater good taking that first step forward, even though it's going to be brutal. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that you've got an album out after 10 plus years, are you going to wait another 10? What, 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 making this record and putting it out, uh, have you had a chance to kind of reassess what you want to do next? Because yeah. you do have multiple choices. As yeah, it were. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of writing a book with, with oh, my podcast co-host <laughs> slash ex-wife. Uh, so that's yep. like kind of the next project that needs a bow on it. And then right. I'd really like to make another record in the in the not too distant future. Definitely a lot sooner than than ten years because it's really fun. Music is a joy. Even the saddest songs are a joy to write and to capture and to perform. So I, yep. I'm I'm looking forward to doing a lot more as soon as I can. Yeah. And what are the live shows turning out to be like? Uh, so far, so far, I've just done my sort of like album release show down in Nashville at Americana Fest. And that was right. definitely one hoot, one holler. It was like really, <laughs> really fun. And um, I'm excited to to get out. I start next week in the Northeast over here. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited to um, take these songs out and uh, see what's up. That's right. I think your first gig is in Brooklyn, is it? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Is it with a band or how are you presenting uh, yourself? I'm going to be doing, I, I did like a full band in Nashville because uh, it was, you know, let's go time, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was a little rowdy. Uh, but I'm going to be doing uh, this tour coming up as a duo, duo uh, format um, with a gentleman uh, named John Mark Nelson, who's going to be playing some stringed instruments and some percussion things and singing some beautiful harmonies so i'm looking forward to kind of finding those presentations uh adjusting the arrangements of the songs to fit in that kind of um setup yeah very cool well hopefully you make, make some time to find your way down to this part of the world oh my god i would to, love, love to have you I've, I've never had the pleasure and i why i want to be there so bad <laughs> <laughs> well we got plenty of room down here so come on down excellent <laughs> all righty well thank you very much for spending time talking to me good luck with the, sh the live shows thank you for making the record and ha have fun with buffy and all <laughs> <laughs>